You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? Matt Perino, Ryan Talbot, together. This is always nice to do this. We're at Imperial Pizza in South Buffalo on Abbott Road, just a couple of miles away from where the Buffalo Bills are going to host the Pittsburgh Steelers tomorrow at 1 o'clock. This is the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast brought to you by Topps Markets. And I got to tell you, we're on the fly here. This is not the usual setup. So uh, bear with us. We're going to be with you for the next 30 to 40 minutes. What, what happened was we were going to meet out for dinner anyway. So we we're trying to figure out did we want to do the show before you left or in person. We reached out to our good buddy, Pat Moran, and he said, why don't I call the, the folks over at Imperial, see if I can get you in there. So we're, we're eating dinner. We're getting wings. We're, wings, we're getting um, pizza, and we're talking football. It's going to be great. Doesn't get any better than that, Matt. Looking forward to tonight's show. Looking forward to being there tomorrow with you in person at the stadium. Big weekend ahead. All right, so we're brought to you by Tops, like I mentioned. King's Hawaiian Slider Sunday Million Dollar Showdown. Enter for a chance to win $1 million. Each week, King's Hawaiian is pitting two city sliders against each other in the ultimate showdown, and you get to help decide the winner. Vote weekly for your favorite regional slider for a chance to win all season long and earn entries toward the $1 million. Explore the interactive stadium to play games, get recipes, share photos, and more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash red zone to enter. We got a packed show today. We have a lot to get into. Like I told you guys on Twitter, if you're following over there, the Bills dropped a lot of moves today. We got to get into the thick of that. But before we get too far down the road into that, we will update people there's two people that have been already definitively ruled out. Starters on both sides of the ball, Jordan Poyer and Dawson Knox. And I, I wanted to open up with who do you think the Bills are going to miss the most in this specific matchup? Yeah, you know, I'm going to go with Dawson Knox, Matt. And that might seem like the unusual choice of the two, but here's my thinking. I go back to last year, that week one matchup against the Steelers. And what was the one thing the Bills could not do? protect Josh Allen. Now, Dawson Knox is the tight end, but he's also their best blocking tight end. He's good at staying in and protecting. We saw that in week one against the Rams when that was specifically his role. So now you're going to be without him. 
they still have a very good pass rush, even though they do not have Watt in this matchup. And, and it's something where can they protect Josh Allen because that back end is really beat up for Pittsburgh. So I think that they can take advantage of that if they can protect Allen. You know, that I think it could go either way in this one. And that's why I think when we were talking about this going in, it was like, just pick, pick your poison. These are both important players. Now, what Jordan Poyer means to this defense is it's hard to really explain. Of course, he's leading the NFL in interceptions right now. And we know without Micah Hyde back there, going into this game, it's a, it's really interesting without Jordan Poyer. But I, I like what you said there about Dawson Knox. T.J. Watt's not in this game, but Alex Highsmith is second in the NFL coming in in terms of sacks on the season. Uh, Stephon Diggs was, was sure to point that out when he was talking to the media this week. So this is a Pittsburgh defense. This is a Pittsburgh team in a lot of ways, Ryan, that has their back up against the wall. One in three coming into this game. They're going to do everything they can to try to knock off the Bills. They, everybody expects them to win. Kenny Pickett came out and said, you know, we're sick of everybody calling us the underdogs. And Von Miller had a little bit of fun with that and came back and said, come on, nobody's calling you underdogs. This is the NFL, at least on the Bills side of things. Yeah. But I think everybody that's looking in on this game, whether you're a professional better, whether you're a fan on either side of this, I did a, a, a showing or an interview on a Pittsburgh podcast this week, and we were talking about what it, what the whole structure of this game really is from an outside perspective, right? Because 14-point underdogs, the Steelers, they never are that in no, any game that they no. play. But it's just a different time. It's a team that has a rookie quarterback. We'll get into that as well. But I like everything you said about Dawson Knox. Yeah, you know, I'm going to grab this beer, by the absolutely. way. Why are you Big factor for that team. You know, I'm interested to see what you're going to have to say about Jordan Poyer here in a minute. But I think you nailed it. There's a lot of people expecting the Bills to just run away with this game. But both teams are really banged up in key positions. It's something that's a little bit worrisome if you're Buffalo, especially when you think that Pittsburgh's going to be coming into this game with their backs against the wall. You never want to call a game must win this early in the season. But for Pittsburgh, it kind of is. Mm -hmm. We saw what happened. We've saw, seen one game this season without Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, right? It was the Miami Dolphins game. And a lot of people point to that one big play from Jalen Waddell as a, you know, a concern going into a game like this where you're probably going to rely again on Jaquan Johnson and Damar Hamlin. I put out a little, a little note, though, that, like, Cam Lewis is interesting in this game. Like, yeah. a lot of people talked about Jaquan Johnson underperforming in that start, and one of the reasons that they went to Damar Hamlin now – Leslie Frazier said, really kind of explain the differences in their game, if you're not familiar. DeMar Hamlin is more of that athletic, can kind of play the deep ball, can kind of get around better probably a little bit in coverage, uh, can get up when you need him to, but that deep free safety, that's kind of more of his role, whereas Jaquan Johnson can do more things. He's more physical. He likes to get in the box. He likes to tackle. So that's kind of why I think playing alongside Jordan Poyer just made more sense with what DeMar Hamlin does well. Now, Cam Lewis is not a, a natural safety. So starting him in this game probably isn't the, uh, in the cards, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's in the mix. And even if he's a depth guy, he's going to go into this game as the number one backup safety to those two guys. Right, and, and that's wild because, you know, we went this summer, man. They were rotating a lot of guys at safety. Cam Lewis was one. Nick McLeod, who's no longer with the team, was another. They were looking for those options, those guys that could step up in the event of the injury. And now, looking back just a few months later, it was pretty smart on their part with Micah Hyde out for the season, Jordan Poyer missing his second game of the year. They need guys that haven't had to step up in the past in this role, step up in this game. Yeah. Um, Poyer is, you know, we saw it if you watch the uh, 
the what was it the mic'd up that they put out yes. we talked a little bit about it Tremaine Edmonds had a really big role in that obviously that he was the one that was mic'd up but I thought it's you know it's interesting Poyer is so important to what they do like from a communication standpoint without Tredavious White still uh he could have been activated this week to start that open that practice window they didn't they chose not to do that um he's still out you have young cornerbacks playing I mean, really, you're looking at this game, another move that the Bills made, signing Jamarcus Ingram to the 53-man roster, which means he really becomes that number one depth safety. You figure behind those two guys, he's already been thrown out in a big spot a couple weeks ago because Saran Neal, they need him on special teams. He's almost now predominantly that. Because you lead those units, and without you know AJ Klein's been a veteran on those on that group for the last couple of years, a couple other players, you know, you think of Lorenzo Alexander a couple of years ago, it's now Saran Neal in that role, and I I wonder if they just don't want to chance him getting hurt putting him out there because what he means on special teams. And, and he is, he's huge on special teams. He's one of their top two, three guys out there. Makes major tackles, great on the coverage unit. So yeah, it's probably uh, to protect themselves. You don't want to throw him out there, Ingram. You mentioned it. They brought him in as in a cornerback role and a big role in that game, and he fared pretty well. He wasn't the guy that you and I thought would be the first man up, but he's done the job. So the Bills have done a nice job. We said it time and time again, developing those guys on the back end at cornerback. Mm-hmm. Ingram's another guy that he stepped in. He looked good. He looked ready to play, and he's going to have to play possibly a little bit at cornerback here on Sunday. Um, I like some of the things that we've seen in the comments, which, by the way, there's one person, Thomas Bolzer, on YouTube picking the Bills 52 to 9. That's a absolute bloodbath. And listen, the reason why, if you're if you're out there thinking that that might be in the cards, and it's why, why it's not totally off base, the Bills, Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier have been lights out against rookie quarterbacks. I mean, go back to last year. I know the, the Jags beat the Bills, but we were just talking about that before we started. You know, Trevor Lawrence didn't blow anybody away that day. Mac Jones was, I mean, inept in all three games that he played against the Bills. Zach Wilson had a go as well. This is a situation. I just had it up here. Let me see if I can bring it up. Bills actually put out this tweet earlier this week. Uh, 11 times uh, Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier have faced a rookie quarterback in the regular season and playoffs since 2017. In those matchups, the rookie quarterbacks have recorded a 59.5 passer rating, seven touchdowns to 17 interceptions. Now, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde have played in pretty much all of those games. Trey White and many of them as well. So, yeah, uh, they have been dominant against these rookies. And while a lot of it has been personnel, Matt, I'm also going to give Leslie Frazier and McDermott credit in that they're really good at disguising coverage pre-snap. And that's something that these young quarterbacks, a guy like Kenny Pickett, that might be where he struggles on Sunday. Uh, He did provide a spark last week for Pittsburgh, two touchdowns, but he threw three interceptions. You know that secondary, the linebackers, the D-line, they're going to be going for him in their own ways. Obviously, D-line getting that pressure in his face. Linebackers, depending on who's playing, but Milano, all-pro level, he's going to try to make plays, both going after Pickett and making plays in coverage, and then obviously the secondary too. So while they're missing some key contributors, I do think that Frazier and McDermott is going to have this defense ready to go. All right, so it's tough looking at the – at the first four games of the Pittsburgh Steelers because it's been led by Mitch Trubisky. So he struggled quite a bit. I think that they did get a bit of a shot in the arm from Kenny Pickett last week. I went back and watched that game, which, by the way, it's kind of low-key impressed with the Jets as well. thought Zach Wilson played pretty well. But I think he was able to play well because this defense is banged up for Pittsburgh. 
Um, Lincoln Fitzpatrick's not at 100%. They don't have T.J. Watt. And T.J. Watt was the wrecking ball last year in the matchup yeah. against the Bills. The Pittsburgh Steelers aren't going to have him on Sunday. So I just personally don't think that there's enough firepower on either side of the ball. The Check out these stats, Ryan. The Pittsburgh Steelers come in to this game ranked third in the National Football League, third worst, with only 278 yards per game. Okay? They're scoring 18 and a half per game. And they've had some pretty, you know, they haven't played world beaters yet. Right. I mean, th- this is the first truly, truly elite team that they're playing on the road. That's just not going to get it done. 18 points. They're giving up about 22 and a half. But the line in this game is 14. I, I think there's a agreeing with the commenter from a few minutes ago, I think there's a good chance the Bills could really put it on them in this yeah, game. They, they could get out to that fast start, and then it could have that snowball effect, Matt, where things kind of get out of hand quickly. I do agree that's a possibility. As you mentioned, just like Buffalo's beat up in their secondary, Pittsburgh's secondary extremely beat up. Edmonds not playing, Witherspoon not playing. Uh, you're probably going to see old friend Levi Wallace out there, but he was also on the injury right. report. At one point this week, all of their starters were on the injury report. Some of them will play, but I think that Josh Allen and company, even though they're down a few guys on offense, can take advantage and, and score quickly and then really put Pickett and the Pittsburgh offense, you know, put them up and say, you got to score quickly or else this is going to get out of hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk a little bit about how the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to try to attack the Bills defense, right? I mean, you think about it, like they're probably going to want to air the ball out. They're probably going to want to try to test – Kyer Elam, who hasn't really been tested this year. I mean, quarterbacks aren't throwing his way. I think he had 42 snaps in the game last week, uh, coverage snaps, one target, zero receptions. I mean, that is really, really good production from Kyer Elam. Deontay Johnson is a really good player. We thought that Chase Claypool was going to be a good player. It's kind of gone off the rails a little bit for him. I think the guy that sneaky could be a player to watch in this game is Pat Fryermuth, the, the tight end. Yeah. The Bills did a great job on Mark Andrews last week, but Fryermuth, when Pickett came in the game last week, he was looking for him. Yeah, and, you know, that's no surprise because tight ends are usually the best friend of a young quarterback. He's going to get a lot of looks. The Bills have been very good against tight ends, though, traditionally. As long as Taron Johnson's out there, I think they're going to be able to keep him in check to a certain point, but I think that is how you have to attack the Bills. You have to air it out. Now, are they going to be balanced, Matt? Absolutely. You have to try to get Najee Harris running the ball and company. And if they can do that, play action starts opening up. But right now, based on Buffalo's injuries, throwing throwing it through the air, testing these young guys, uh, you know, even Dane Jackson, who's been in the system for a little while now, he's still a, younger compared to some of these other corners around the league. You have the, the rookie, Kyrie Elam, two back-to-back great games, but now you're going to test him. Uh, young uh, young safety, so the list goes on and on. I really think that's how Pittsburgh will try to attack tomorrow afternoon. So let's get into, um, whoa, cracking all over the place here. Um, what, what did you order, by the way? What was your, what was your I went with the Sam Adams seasonal. I was tempted to go with Resurgence, but I went with Sam Adams. Yeah, I, gra- I grabbed a hay burner, went in go. Buffalo. I just feel like you gotta go. you got to go hay burner. It's a delicious beer. Uh, I'm actually going to be at Resurgence. I can't remember when that is. Coming up for something. I, I can't remember what it is. I want to talk about uh, and iron in on some of these moves that were made today. Yeah. So two new players signed the Bills' 53-man roster. Jamison Crowder, as expected, goes on injured reserve. They signed Isaiah Hodgins, who gets himself a really good opportunity here. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. And actually, I spoke to Isaiah on Thursday. Um, he was on the jugs machine for, I want to say, like 20 minutes on his own just like t- catching passes and just getting ready for, I think, what he knew what was coming. 
an opportunity to have a larger role, a a role, but potentially maybe even a larger role without Jake Kumaro out there. Gabe Davis still not, I don't think, 100%. But the two moves that were made were Hodgins to the 53 and Joe Giles Harris. So that tells you two things. Tremaine Edmonds, questionable for this game. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Mac- McKenzie, questionable for this game. Maybe those two guys aren't for sure going to play tomorrow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and that's a fair talking point. So, as you mentioned, 50-man roster, Jamarcus Ingram and Isaiah Hodgins. Hodgins is someone that all summer we talked about how he was making plays in the passing game. The blocking is still an area of concern, but you mentioned it. Gabe Davis is not 100%. Right. You're going to get him running some routes out there. They're, they're down Jameson Crowder. We don't know if Isaiah McKenzie is going to be out there as well in the concussion protocol. There's going to be passes and opportunities for Hodgins in this passing game. I'm interested to see what he can do. There is a little bit of a rapport there with Josh Allen that we saw this summer. Tanner Gentry uh, elevated from the practice squad. Obviously someone that Allen's very familiar with from Wyoming, someone that he has a rapport with, and that goes back to Isaiah McKenzie and that talking point. He's an emergency option if McKenzie can't go. Joe Giles Harris, or Giles Harris, uh, like his game, it goes back to Edmonds, as you mentioned, too. Edmonds is on the fence. He, he's dealing with some injuries. We know what Milano brings. They have some younger guys uh, that they can use as well. Dodson, obviously the draft pick from this year's draft uh, from the third round is in play. But Joe Giles-Harris is another option for them if Edmonds cannot go. Um, you know, it's interesting also how the Bills choose to ap- approach this because – on one hand, you've got to figure that Dotson probably knows the defense a little bit better than mm-hmm. Terrell Bernard. But you just spent a, a third-round draft pick on Bernard. You like him a lot. You have him listed on your depth chart as a middle linebacker. Right. And right now we're looking at the great unknown with Tremaine Edmonds. I looked up the the, the middle linebacker or linebacker uh, franchise tag. It's going to be hovering around $18, $19 million. So – the Bills have a really serious conundrum on their hands after the season. Tremaine Edmonds could play at an all-pro level, and the Bills just might not have enough money to keep them. And this may be an opportunity if Edmonds can't go against, you know, one of the lower-end offenses in the NFL to test out your young guy in Bernard and see if he's an answer. Because I think you know enough about what Tyrell Dotson is, and maybe you just want to get a look. And that's why maybe I'm leaning more – towards Bernard. It wouldn't surprise me, though, if they go in some kind of rotation. I think Bernard ends up playing in this game, though. I agree. Is that he plays, that he's in there. You know, Bernard's interesting, though, because when they drafted him, he looked like he was Matt milano light in terms of size, speed, uh, testing numbers. So to have him in middle linebacker is going to be interesting. because Like safety potential. Yeah, yeah. So from safety to linebacker, transition-type potential. So, uh, But like you said, you got to see at some point what you have in this guy. You spent a third-round pick. A lot of fans in our chat have been saying, you know, every week that he doesn't play, we're going to mention they could have had an offensive lineman. Well, there's a good chance he's going to play on Sunday, Matt, and he has a chance to make some plays for this team. Athleticism is off the charts. Let's see what his instincts are like. You know, my instincts tell me every day I wake up, 
to go to topsmarkets.com because there's always some kind of fun deal going on. And right now, you can win a tailgate and go kitchen. Tell them what, Ryan, I always read these things. Why don't, why don't you read if you can if you could see it? Read it out. As seen yeah. on Shark Tank. Oh, little, Tell about it. A little bit of everything. Tail and go kitchen is a portable outdoor kitchen and dry box made for any outdoor cooking setting. Set it up in the backyard, the backwoods, stadium parking lot tomorrow, in fact, if you want to. It comes with built-in cutting boards, paper towel holder, bottle opener, spice rack, food divider compartments, storage net in lid, and a knife magnet, Mr. Perino. It, it's got a little bit of everything. And, you know, falling leaves and crisp weather means it's our favorite time of the year at Tops, tailgate season. And they're going to be tailgating tomorrow. You're going to be heading around the tailgates probably, getting there. We talked about it before the game, before the show. We're probably going to get to the stadium tomorrow about 9, 9.30. Yeah. Um, you can win the ultimate tailgate accessory from Tops just by purchasing brands you already love. Now through October 29th, every time you use your Tops bonus plus card to purchase participating brands like Pepsi, Campbell, Smithfield, and so many more, automatically entered for a chance to win a tailgate and go kitchen. Get there. It's great. All right, where do you want to go next? Keys to the game. Keys to the game. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll start with the keys of the game. Make Kenny Pickett uncomfortable, Matt Perino. You have a rookie making his first career start in the NFL. Look good. Give, put the shot in the arm, as you said last week. But now you have that defensive line. We already know what Von Miller can do to rookies. We know what Greg Rousseau has been doing this year. I'm going to say hopeful sign that Ed Oliver and maybe even Jordan Phillips are back based on the fact that they ha- they released Brandon Bryant today, which whole nother topic, but the guy made one of the biggest plays of the game last week. <laughs> now he's probably, now he's, you know, technically out of a job right now, probably going to come back to the practice squad if possible. But uh, I think that D line is going to be firing on all cylinders. And if you can get after Kenny Pickett early and make life miserable, they can make some big plays on this defense side of the ball. Well, our keys to the br- game are brought to you by Fal- Value Home Centers. Uh, text uh, VALUE, V-A-L-U, to 80692, and it signs you up for their text program, and you'll start saving even more. Uh, receive exclusive coupons, weekly deals, and so much more. Uh, VALUE brings us, every every preview show, the keys to the game. For me, it's about not taking them lightly. Like, I think this is a game where I know Josh Allen did a really good job in his interview with Kyle Brandt this week where he basically said, oh, I didn't even know that we were playing the Chiefs in two weeks. Sure, Josh. Sure you didn't know that uh, Patrick Mahomes and company were on the docket in a couple weeks. Or maybe he really is that locked in. And and listen, I'm not calling him a liar, um, but it would just be crazy to me that he didn't know. You know, you had that game probably circled after 13 seconds. But even with that notwithstanding, you go into a game as a 14-point favorite. I know Von Miller wanted to kind of put the kibosh on all of that um, underdog talk for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But this is one of those games where they're a live dog that's coming in here with nothing to lose. They're one and three. Their season's basically over, and they can probably rally around their young guy. If he comes in here and makes some plays against a secondary that's going to be without three of their all-pro players going into the season, that's what you – you were kind of leaning on finally pairing this potentially elite pass rush with that elite secondary. And they are a lot of young guys that are playing really, really good. But to me, you got to come in here. you got to execute. you got to take it one play at a time. Like they always talk about it's important in a game like this. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You just, everything you just mentioned, the dy- dynamics of this game, Matt remind me of a few years ago, Josh Allen starting against the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. Bills were a huge underdog. No one expected them to win. It was supposed to be, 
this beat down in Minnesota with the crowd going wild. Crowd at Highmark's going to be going wild tomorrow. Bills are the heavy favorites. You're going against Kenny Pickett and company. Now, do I expect the same outcome like there was in that Minnesota Bills game? Absolutely not. Kenny Pickett's not leapfrogging over any linebacker on this team. He's not going to make any kind of play like that. But same mentality, backs against the wall, big game for them to try to win. So I, I, I like that comparison, and I know that they're going to play. You know, they might uh, bring out everything but the kitchen sink in terms of trying gadget plays, this, that, and the other to catch the Bills off guard. So McKenzie potentially being out, Dawson Knox is out. Let's get into, before we get to predictions, who do you think is in line for a big game? Is it a situation where Stephon Diggs comes in here as the number one receiver in the NFL right now and plays like it against the beat-up secondary? And listen, if they're going to put Levi Wallace on him, I'm a big Levi Wallace fan. I was a stan at times while he was here. But there were a lot of days where it didn't go well against Stephon Diggs in practice. So, and they're beat up there. We know that. Make a Fitzpatrick's going to be out there. That's going to help. Um, but can Hodgins make a role, make an impact? Is this finally the week that Gabe Davis gets off the schneid a little bit after a really good uh, week one and starts to feel a little bit healthier and making plays? Yeah, I, for me, it's Stephon Diggs, Matt. I would be, I would not be surprised if tomorrow afternoon we're talking post game pod. We're talking about him having double digit receptions, well over hundred yards receiving, and at least one touchdown. I think they're going to feed him the ball. That's going to be the big part of their offense. Allen to Diggs. We've seen it a few times this season. I expect it again tomorrow. I'm going to I'm gonna agree with uh, one of our commenters here, Sarah, uh, on YouTube, saying that uh, Khalil Shakir, I really like his role in this game, especially if Isaiah McKenzie doesn't play. Because I, I think I think Quentin Morris is really interesting. Uh, I think he could be somebody that if he ends up with a stat line like six for 80 and a touchdown, it wouldn't surprise me. But I really like Shakir in this game because they're a, a defense that has gotten some pressure with Highsmith and Cam Hayward. Hayward's been a problem before for the Bills. Yeah. So if, if Josh Allen's got to get rid of the ball quickly, sure, throw Devin Singletary in the mix. He's been really good in the past game. But I like Khalil Shakir in this matchup. Maybe for him to sprinkle in and, and maybe make a couple plays. And listen, Shakir impressed last week. Two receptions. Both of them went for first downs. He made a play on the first catch where he made a little cut to get by a defender to move the chains. Second time, seeing Josh Allen scrambling away from pressure. He was smart enough to get back, come to the sideline, catch a ball that moved the chains for a second time. So absolutely think Shakir can be a factor in this game. So uh, just to set this up a little bit, we got, we got the, we're at a big booth here at yeah. Imperial Pizza, who were so gracious uh, to allow us to do the show here. Uh, awesome setup, awesome bar. They got like the big screens all around the bar that's in the middle of the place, bunch of tables on the outside. We got our kids here waiting yeah. for the pizza and wings that are going to be out any minute. Uh, so awesome atmosphere. If you guys have not been to Imperial Pizza, get out here. It is really awesome. Josh Thompson says keys to the game are to run the ball with players not named Josh Allen. And I think that this is actually a, a, a nice little talking point here because Josh Allen is the only quarterback remaining in the NFL who accounts for 100% of the scoring plays for their team. Yeah, Lamar cool. Jackson hasn't even scored all of the Ravens' touchdowns in some ways. The Bills got to shake it up a little bit, find a way to run the ball. Is this the week that maybe we see a little bit more James Cook, or do you think this is more of a Zach Moss type of game? Well, I think it is definitely more opportunities for James Cook in this matchup, use his speed, uh, try to get him to the next level against a beat-up defense. Obviously, Singletary is the guy, though, that I, I would be riding with first and foremost in the run game. But the one thing the Bills have been doing well is the short passing game with the backs, which is kind of, in a way, just as effective as running the ball. So 
get the ball to Singletary, get the ball to Cook in the passing game as well, uh, as well as giving them their fair share of carries. But, yeah, I do agree. They do need to get some uh, players not named Josh Allen involved in the run game. we got to get a touchdown that doesn't involve Josh Allen in some way, shape, or form tomorrow. And I think that would be good for this team. All right. It's prediction time. Thank you so much for watching uh, this on-the-road episode of Shout, a Buffalo football podcast. Uh, we're going to get to our predictions here. Bills versus Steelers, 1 o'clock tomorrow on CBS. Who do you got? I've got the Bills winning this one 31-17. I think the Bills kind of run away with it, and the, the Steelers get a garbage-time touchdown or points late uh, to make it look closer than it really was, but they, they get back to about that point spread, Matt. But I have the Bills winning this one comfortably. So I have it uh, in a similar fashion because I think that it's going to be a lot. It's not going to be as close as the final score, but I think the Steelers do end up covering because I think that maybe the Bills take starters out, like they get out to like a thirty-one yeah. or twenty-eight, uh, you know, seven lead, and then in the fourth quarter, you know, just choose to rest some guys. But I think it's going to be thirty-one to uh, twenty ends up being the final score. Uh, Bills control the ball; they're able to run the ball a little bit more. I think defensively. They are going to put a lot of pressure on Kenny Pickett. They do not have a good offensive line in Pittsburgh. I think Von Miller, Greg Rousseau, A.J. Epinesa, Boogie Basham, potentially Ed Oliver and Jordan Phillips, who could be returning, are going to ratchet up that pass rush. They're going to have pressure in the face of Kenny Pickett, make it hard for him. And even if the Bills aren't able to disguise things as well as they usually do with their young safeties, it won't matter in this game because i think they're going to be able to really get in his face yeah i I think you're right matt and if they can do that they can create those turnovers strip sacks uh, interceptions tip passes you name it we've seen a little bit of everything so far from this bill's defense and as long as that defensive line is healthy which they're trending in that direction i think the defense is going to have a good day with a few turnovers i think it's two interceptions in a row that matt milano has dropped yeah that one that that or that like duck from lamar jackson that Andrews kind of popped out, and then obviously the one the week before where it would have been walked into the walked in, right? So I think bold prediction in this game, too. I'm adding a little extra layer. Matt Milano picks six in this game. He finally gets one and takes it to the house. No specific player. I'll say a scoop and score touchdown for the defense on a fumble. Um, D. Rowley is asking where we're at if we're at Toss. We should do a show at Toss. We've got to reach out to them. I can't believe we haven't done one yet. I know. We're at Imperial Pizza uh, on Abbott Road in South Buffalo. Awesome environment. Great place to come in and watch games on Saturday, Sunday, any night. Uh, They do a really great job here. Shout out to Pat Moran uh, from the Talking Buffalo podcast. Very good friend of the show. He hooked us up last minute because Ryan was coming into town. We had a great time. All right. We're going to get out of here because our pizza is about to be here in our wings. Loganberry Barbecue. How about that? How do you like me now? I can't wait. I'm ready. All right. Uh, Let Tops do all the work for your game day and tailgating spreads this weekend. Uh, It's perfect for game day or any day. Visit the Tops Carryout Cafe. Hot to go fresh large cheese pepperoni pizza, 14 bucks. Chicken wing 10 count, 14 bucks. Breakfast pizza, 20 bucks. You can't beat that deal. Uh, Sub sandwiches, wraps, apps, so much more. Topsmarkets.com slash red zone for complete menu. All right, he's Ryan Talbot. I'm Matt Perino. See you tomorrow after the game.